0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Greg Sankey talking about what a future SEC schedule could look like. We'll take a look at one scenario posted with three permanent rivals and a nine-game SEC schedule. We'll discuss it today on Locked on SEC. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. LinkedIn Jobs. With uh, LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Welcome into Locked on SEC. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Well, let's jump into it. we got plenty to discuss as the news Mm -hmm. came out late last week that uh, conference expansion is a go for 2024 with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the conference on Friday. Chris Del Conte, head of the uh, Texas Athletic Department, he was on the Paul Feinbaum show and uh, he said, look, what makes college so great is rivalries, deep-rooted family rivalries you cherish when you see the rivalries of your schools. Those are so important. For us to not have been playing Texas A&M for these years, it's just saddened. I feel bad for the state of Texas and our fan base. He said he felt the same way about Arkansas and how Frank Broyles and Darrell Royal retired on the same day after a storied history between those two schools. Uh, Del Conte went on to say, for us to get back and rekindle some of those games on an annual basis, I just think it's great for college football, great for our communities. So rivalries, in my opinion, really matter in sports, and uh, we're going to get back to doing that. Uh, Del Conte pointed out his recent history with Texas. He said, I don't forget you threw on our helmet when we played Arkansas a couple years ago, so I can't wait to get you back on that. Uh, Feinbaum did apologize. There was some fallout uh, from this move happening a year earlier. Texas's upcoming series with Michigan has reportedly been altered as part of the deal to get the school out of the Big 12. Texas and Michigan, they will play in 2024 and 2027. But the order has been flipped, according to Pete Thamel. So the 2024 game next year is going to now be in Ann Arbor, the location of the 2024 game. That was a big deal for Fox. So as a Michigan home game, the Longhorns and Wolverines, that game will be broadcast on Fox. It was all part of this negotiations between Fox and ESPN to get Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC a year earlier. And uh, just one other thought on that uh, Texas Texas A&M rivalry A&M athletic director Ross Bjork he's made his stance pretty clear on Texas and Oklahoma uh now that it's official he's not backing down Bjork said at his town hall Friday that nothing has changed regarding the first matchup between A&M and Texas so whenever they are scheduled to meet uh the game will occur at Kyle Field in College Station according to reports but uh, Looking forward to that one. Want that rivalry back, and we'll see, will it be a permanent uh, crossover game? Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey talking with ESPN on Friday, said he's looking forward to seeing some rivalries renewed, but acknowledged that building the schedule for a 16-team conference needs to be done over the next three months. He said the objective is to have each of the 16 teams face each other at a much more frequent rate. I mean, right now we've had teams in the East playing teams in the West like You know, once every decade they go there. Uh, We need that to happen more often. Uh, Sankey went on to say, converting to a single division format or no division is going to present challenges in and of itself. But we have focused most most recently on a single division format. Uh, Basically, we would do away with the SEC East and the SEC West. And we would have just... uh, um, you know, everybody playing each other with a few permanent rivals. And so what would that look like? Well, Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports, he put out a proposal on his social media. He called it a 366 format. So basically, here's what it would look like. And I'll run through these very quickly. Your Alabama three permanents, you'd play Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. Obviously, you maintain the Iron Bowl and you maintain the Alabama, Tennessee rivalry. Arkansas, they would get Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma. Get to rekindle some of those Southwest Conference games. Auburn, they would get Bama, Georgia, and Vandy. Again, rivalry with Bama, rivalry with Georgia. Uh, Florida, they would get Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina. In turn Georgia, they would get Florida. Keep that rivalry going. Keep the rivalry going with Auburn, and they would get South Carolina. Kentucky would get Ole Miss, Missouri, Mississippi State. Not exactly any real good rivalries in that mix for Kentucky, so they kind of tend to be the team left out of this um, not getting any good rivalries. LSU, again this is Brandon Marcello's proposal would get Bama, A&M, and Ole Miss maintain that LSU Alabama rivalry, the LSU A&M rivalry, and the LSU Ole Miss rivalry Uh, Mississippi State their proposal, they would get Ole Miss, of course the Egg Bowl with Kentucky and Mizzou Mizzou would get Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State Oklahoma would get Texas, Texas A&M, and uh, Brandon actually put Texas in here twice, so I think he messed up. Uh, Ole Miss, he would have, uh, he has Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina gets Vandy, Georgia, Florida, tough go for South Carolina having to play Georgia and Florida every year, Uh, Tennessee would get Florida, Bama and Vandy, Texas would get A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas A&M would get Texas, LSU, and Oklahoma. And then Vandy would get Tennessee, South Carolina, and Auburn. So if you can keep track of all that, whatever your favorite school is, uh, that's what Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports um, proposed. A lot of people are starting to lean now towards the three permanents. There was some talk of maybe just doing two permanent crossovers. Again, that would allow teams to play more often. But because of the numbers and you know who go- comes on the schedule, who comes off, home and away, and all that, um, some folks smarter than me saying that the the three team permanent rivalries would work a little bit easier with the sixteen teams. So look, I, I'm all for maintaining some of the permanent rivalries and, uh, and of course bringing some of the old ones back. With Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, getting that Texas Texas A&M game would be absolutely huge. But look, I think you got to preserve. Tennessee, Bama, I think you got to preserve. Georgia, Florida, the Iron Bowl, uh, LSU Ole Miss. There's just certain ones, the Egg Bowl, there's certain ones that you just have to protect and we have to keep going if you're going to do the permanent crossovers. And then again, the proposal would be uh, two best teams in the SEC would play for the SEC Championship. So it would not be a winner of the East or the West. East and West would go away. Just the two best teams with the best records. Once the season ends in the conference, They'll go to Atlanta. So we'll see. There's going to be a lot of discussion in the coming weeks, two months, on what that permanent schedule is going to look like. But we just got to get more uh, variety. Uh, we got to get more trips. You know, think of, you know, when's the last time you know Bama went to Gainesville a year ago? Time before that it had been forever. Uh, LSU just went to Kentucky a year ago. Time before that it had been forever. It's just. A lot of these trips uh, for some of these schools, it's, it's taking almost a decade before they get there again. If we're going to be called a conference, we got to have more teams playing at uh, SEC venues more often that aren't part of their normal rotation. So there you have it. That's the latest with that, and uh, we'll keep an eye out and see uh, you know what the latest rumblings are with my 2024 SEC schedule already in the works. Thank you guys for making lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we will hit on some tidbits going around the conference. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you hire the people that you want to hire. Uh, as a small business owner, you know success this year all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, They will help you hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills that you are looking for. LinkedIn Jobs helping you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on the job qualifications all on one platform. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Going along here, locked on SEC. Yeah. We got some tidbits we got to get into going on around the conference. So let's, without further ado, let's jump into it. Boots out to the right. Makes the hand Around the conference, and we start over to Alabama as their off the field staff going through some changes with analysts uh, on three sports reporting that uh, Alabama analyst Max Bulla who was recently promoted from grad assistant to defensive analyst. He is now reportedly heading to Notre Dame. Meanwhile, on the other side, uh, Alabama going to add former Boston College offensive coordinator John McNulty as an analyst. Uh, Max Bulla, he spent three seasons on Saban's staff as a grad assistant. Uh, as AL.com reported, Bulla is no longer listed among Bama's analysts on their team websites after his recent promotion, and uh, he'll be heading to Notre Dame. McNulty heads to Bama as an analyst for Tommy Reese, former colleague. Uh, McNulty and Reese worked together at Notre Dame in 2020 and 2021. McNulty was the tight ends coach. Reese was the offensive coordinator. Speaking of Tommy Reese, made a very uh, positive impression during his interview, according to reports. Uh, Chris Lowe at ESPN reporting that – showed a lot of confidence and self-assuredness. Lowe spoke with a veteran head coach who said the Alabama coordinator hires won't be a complete overhaul because of the way Saban has adapted a lot more than he's been given credit for. The uh, quote said, he's changed as the game has changed, but with the direction you're seeing him go with these two coordinators, don't be surprised if it looks a little bit more like what Bama looked like six, seven, maybe eight years ago. At least I'd say that's the plan. Running the football more on offense, getting more turnovers on defense, and just generally punching you in the mouth. Now, one SEC offensive coordinator also weighed in in Chris Lowe's article said, I would say above everything else, Tommy Reese's commitment to running the football and how he devised ways to get his best player the ball, whether it was running back Kyron Williams or tight end Michael Mayer, that had to be a big factor in Saban's decision to hire him. Another former coach said it was the right move for Tommy Reese and one that could pay dividends for him and Nick Saban. So a lot of positive feedback so far in the Tommy he raised higher. Some Bama fans are a little mixed, but I think anybody, uh, look, if you're a Bama fan and they're telling you they're going to run the football more, I think you take that. A lot of Bama fans did not run the football enough these last couple seasons. Bill O'Brien did an okay job. The offense obviously executed well, scored a lot of points. Bryce Young won the Heisman two years ago. But Bama fans are used to run the ball and stop the run. And so sounds like Bama's going to get back into doing that a little bit more. Another SEC news, well, SEC faux news. Uh, Utah quarterback Cameron Rising. Uh, news came out. He is recovering from a torn ACL, and the hope is he'll be back in time for their week one game when they will host Florida to kick off the 2023 season. Rising was injured during Utah's Rose Bowl game, and uh, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham had not previously said what the injury was only that it was a serious leg injury, and now it has come out uh, torn ACL. And with his uh, timetable, uh, Whittingham expressed confidence that Rising will be ready to go for the start of the season. He said it's a leg injury, going to be fairly extensive rehab. He will not be able to participate in the spring, but we expect him to be ready for the season opener. That Utah-Florida uh, Week 1 game doesn't have a, a set date yet. The game is listed as either... Thursday, August 31st, or Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, That will be determined by the Pac-12 TV schedule as it is a Utah home game, rising in that uh, season opening loss to Florida this past season. Threw for 216 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Now, one other Florida note, their uh, state of Florida's NIL law is going to be repealed and redone. Florida was among the first states to pass a bill allowing for name, image, and likeness. But with new NCAA guidelines, the Florida law has been viewed as putting the state's universities at a competitive disadvantage because of the restrictions. Uh, The biggest change with the new bill is that teams and coaches can now be involved in facilitating compensation deals. NCAA rules prohibit programs from directly paying players. But the bill also calls for workshops for players on matters like financial literacy and entrepreneurship. Uh, liability protection for coaches and schools regarding players reduced participation is only addressed in the new florida bill so uh, a good thing for the state of florida a good thing for florida gators who want to get nil deals done in the near future over at missouri they're adding a walk-on with a familiar name friday night defensive lineman tyson ellison announced his commitment to mizzou as a preferred walk-on his dad, Ataya Ellison, currently serves as Mizzou's director of player development. Uh, Ataya played for the Tigers in the early 2000s, was a big time, all uh, two time All Big 12 selection. So uh, his son, now coming on as a preferred walk on, and there you have it. That is the latest tidbits going on around the conference. Coming up next, we'll touch on some SEC hoops news, as we had a couple of uh, big time upsets happening. Over the weekend, thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Of course, this episode is presented by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try Built Bar. They got us uh, well coming out of the new uh, the holidays into the new year. Uh, you're all looking for something that can uh, be healthy and good for you, but also taste good, and that's what Built Bars are. Uh, I don't know how they do it. They are built bar, bars that taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed in there. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. Of course, you can still go to Built.com to order them, but you can drop by your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Walmart, they've got the uh, box of Built Bars four bar box in the uh, pharmacy section. And at Sam's Club, they got the 13 bar box with some hit flavors like the brownie batter and churro, uh, double chocolate, coconut puffs, cookies and cream, all those flavors out there for you. I encourage you to go check them out at Built.com. Try a Built Bar today. <laughs> Continue on here, locked on SEC. And man, we had a lot of uh, basketball action going on over the weekend. Some really, really good SEC games if you got a chance to keep an eye on them. So, figured we'd run through a few of them for you. We'll start with what turned out to be one of the games of the weekend Auburn, Alabama. What a great game that was. Uh, Some great highlights in this one. The Auburn Faithful really showed up and showed out. The jungle was rocking. Uh, Brandon Miller had some nice moments. He put uh, Alan Flanagan on a poster at one point with a transition dunk late in the first half. Uh, Miller did not have his first bucket until over 11 minutes into the game and did not make a three-pointer for the first time since the season opener. But Bama got some second-half strong performances from Ryland Griffin, Mark Sears, and Jaden Bradley. And the Crimson Tide pulled away from Auburn in the final minutes to win it 77-69. At Neville Arena on Saturday. Bama, they improved to 22-3 overall. They remain perfect in the SEC at 12-0. Our next game is at Tennessee Wednesday night. That is going to be a monstrous one. Now, speaking of Tennessee, man, second strike game where they lose on a three-pointer at the buzzer. Mizzou leaving Rocky Top with an upset win. It was the Tigers' ball in the final seconds. The Vols were leading 85-83. DeAndre Golston launched a deep three-pointer with just a second left and uh, gave Mizzou the 86-85 win over the Vols. Second time in the past week they fell on a buzzer beater. Remember Vandy's Tyron Lawrence hit an open three to beat uh, the Vols 66-65 in Nashville on Wednesday night. Tennessee had overcome a 17-point deficit in the second half. It was 44-32 Mizzou at the half. The Vols came out, and uh, they were in fuego, but they could not close the door. So another disappointing loss for Rick Barnes' crew, and again, Bama coming up. They got to rebound and rebound quickly. Kentucky Wildcats, they are sliding a little bit now after playing some great basketball for a stretch of weeks. As they fell on the road at Georgia, 75-68. to 68. They kept cutting it, cutting it, cutting it, and they just could not put uh, Georgia away. And Bulldogs, scrappy bunch. They uh, get the big win during the uh, post-game press conference after Saturday's loss. Calipari talked about the remaining of their schedule and said, look, things look bleak after back-to-back losses to Arkansas and Georgia. But he said, if we can string together some wins, I think we'll be okay. He said, all I can tell you is, here's what's great. we got a schedule that's... Let's us go win games, and we'll be just fine. Uh, Kentucky's remaining schedule not all that impressive, though. Of the six remaining games, only Tennessee and Auburn are ahead of the Wildcats in the SEC standings, and the Tigers are dropping to a or uh, dropped into a tie for fourth place. So, uh, next up for Kentucky will be a Wednesday night game against Mississippi State, and um, Lace Bracketology has Kentucky out. So. See if they can string together some wins and find their way into the tournament. Over at Arkansas, they got star freshman Nick Smith Jr. back in action for just the sixth time this season. Missed 14 straight games due to right uh, right knee injury. And uh, he scored five points, two of seven shooting from the field as Arkansas still lost at home to Mississippi State, 70-64. Along with the five points, Smith had one rebound, one assist. He tied for a team best plus three in his 17 minutes played. Uh, he said after being held off for such a long period of time, there will be an adjustment period for him getting him back into the usual lineup. Uh, fellow five-star freshman Anthony Black said he liked what he saw from Smith on Saturday, but a big win for Mississippi State. It's improved to five and seven in the conference. Arkansas they fall to six and six in the conference. Vandy got a big road win over Florida, winning 88 to 80. So Vandy and Florida both six and six overall in the SEC. Uh, South Carolina uh, stuck by Ole Miss, 64-61, both of them 2-10 in the conference. And uh, A&M got a nice road win over lowly LSU, 74 62 AM now 10-2 in the SEC, 18-7 overall. And they are uh, certainly trying to punch their ticket into the tournament as the season winds down. And that is the latest uh, from the men's basketball side. Meanwhile, on Sunday afternoon, if you guys were able to watch it, number one, South Carolina stayed perfect on the season as they played a previously undefeated number three LSU. Camilla Cardoza had 18 points, 13 rebounds. Zia Cook had 17 and South Carolina beat third ranked LSU 88 to 64. Leah Boston, she had 14 points and nine rebounds as the Gamecocks won their 31st straight game. It was a, uh, showcase between the AP player of the year in a Boston and, uh, the big angel reese from lsu but experience came out and the home crowd showed out for south carolina and uh don staley's bunch got it done versus kim mulkey's crew 88 to 64 so uh congrats to the lady game cox and thank you guys for making us your first listen every day make sure to go check out Our other podcast, the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. You can hear from some big-name experts, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All the latest news going on around the conference, good focus on football, and, of course, uh, man, we'll be looking ahead to that 2024 season when Texas and Oklahoma get here. What will the schedules look like? Plenty of fun road trips on the horizon for a lot of SEC schools. You guys have a great day. Talk to you guys tomorrow.